Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2024. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, through so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we 100% support the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, with all of its checks and balances and jurisdictional boundaries and all of the above, ladies and gentlemen. Steve King endorses Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, the uh, Epstein files are released, but of course, you know, the cover-up continues. Matt Walsh and crew highlight that point. Um, there's so much going on, it's really hard to decide what to focus on in the country. I'll give you an example. There's evidence that Vivek Ramaswamy uh, is not constitutionally qualified to be president, not because he's not a smart guy, not because he's not old enough, not because, of, but because of his immigration situation. And you can say, well, wait a minute, Sam, he's an American. I understand. I'm just telling you that the details, though, matter, and the Constitution matters. And so I'm having a hard time getting behind Vivek Ramaswamy for that very reason. The problem is I think he's right on just about everything he says, at least that I've heard. Now, I don't agree with some of the vague things that are said. For example, I'm going to get rid of three-quarters of the government. That's fine, but I hope you don't just get rid of three-quarters of the government. I hope you get rid of unconstitutional government agencies 100% and the legitimate proper role of government that you keep some people in those functions. Uh, now, I assume that's what he's going to do, but we don't have those details brought out. And so that concerns me. But this issue is something that's so hard to explain to people about the law, about the Constitution, about, you know, and, and what, how do you explain all that in a way that's meaningful? And I don't even know if Vivek understands this point that we're making. And it's not an attack on Vivek. Like I say, he's not white, but he is right. I don't care what race or color or anything like that that he is. What I care about is the founding fathers wanted to make sure that people had a real singular interest in protecting America where they would be faithful to her. Okay, that's the, the point that the founding fathers were making. We don't want any foreign allegiances, foreign entanglements. We don't want any... Um, Anything on the altar of putting America first uh, according to the supreme law of the land. I mean, that was the intent of the founders. Doctor, why don't you speak to this? Because I'm not against highlighting this truth, but I also know it's very difficult to kind of break down and explain to people in a meaningful way. It's really hard to to educate uh, and to bring these details forward. At some point, you've got to pick your battles, right? True, but I I really do believe if we give away the idea that the actual wording of the Constitution, words have meanings. Those meanings can be known. Yeah, so let's let's highlight the wording to which we're referring to. Do you have it handy by any chance? Well, well, sure, of course I do. I've always got my Constitution handy. Yeah, by the way, this is to those who claim we the people are the Constitutionalists talk about the Constitution, but we always tap it and never read it. Listen up, people. Okay, well, it's in Article 2 of the Constitution, Section 1, and the word is actual. No, the words are actual. No person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution. So that time's way gone, okay? So the actual applicable words is no person except a natural born citizen shall be eligible to the office of president, okay? 
And and that, by the way, uh, that includes uh, the the 12th Amendment specifically says you can't be a you can't be a, uh, a vice president either if you're not. The 12th Amendment actually specifies that at the very end of the 12th Amendment. So here we have a Kamala Harris that does not qualify as a natural-born citizen. Neither of her parents were citizens, and that's where we get back to this. I can go back to the uh, uh, Law of Nations that was written by Vattel, and the American Founding Fathers referred to that as the uh, the Bible, if you will, for the uh, the nomenclature of what was used in international law and, and at the national level. The law of nations states specifically what a natural-born citizen is. That's somebody that's born of parents. It doesn't say it this way in that because it's the father they tie it to. The father is a is if it has a, if he has a child, if he's a citizen of the nation. So let's take the United States. If the father is a citizen of the United States, his child is a citizen. Now that's the most simple way I can put it. Vivek was born in the United States to two non-citizens. He got his citizen through, citizenship through what they term birthright citizenship, which means he was born here under the 14th Amendment um, Plyler v. Doe Supreme Court decision. They termed it birthright. The 14th Amendment does not talk about natural-born citizens. Neither does the the Plyler v. Doe case talk about it does not bestow natural-born citizenship. What happens is they're saying you are a citizen. There's many levels of citizenship. Well, not many, but several. And the fact of the matter is that there are citizenship. A naturalized citizen cannot be president of the United States. You know, like, for example, let's, let's take Arnold Schwarzenegger or uh, let's say Henry Kissinger or take anybody you think that these big prominent people they would have been president had a naturalized, naturalized, that's somebody that got adopted in the country, citizen, been allowed to do that. But they can't. The founding fathers clearly understood the term natural-born citizen. They wanted a true blue, dyed-in-the-wool American citizen. And by the way, they went on to say that even if you're a natural-born citizen, you have to have been in the country 14 years because they don't want you losing sight of who you are. And all these other things, and and we could wander through this with all the Supreme Court cases yeah, now, and everything. If, that just happened. so people understand, if you want more information on this, uh, more than we can talk about on the radio now, and this is what I mean by it's a hard topic to discuss. It's not because it's not true, and it's not because it's not easily documentable. It's because you can't deal with it in a soundbite. That's the problem. Now that doesn't mean we should jettison this issue. It means we should highlight it and try to educate to it and stand with it. We don't need to say, well, dismiss this in the Constitution, dismiss that in the Constitution, because when you do that, then everything is on the altar. Okay, That doesn't work. So believe it or not, Vivek Ramaswamy, not constitutionally eligible to be president. There's an article written by Joe Wolverton in The New American that highlights this. It was posted on August 3rd, 2023, so it's been around for a little bit. But it details the points you're making, Dr. Bradley, just for greater reference for people to learn more. Okay, so uh, I want to go back to your point about do we jettison a certain portion, but just let me... Yeah, we don't. Vivek has confirmed his father is not a citizen still. His mother became a citizen after he was born in the United States, okay? And and, and words have meanings. Meanings of those words can be known. The Constitution has words, plain English if you've learned it, 
And you can only, those words can only mean what they meant in the year and day they were written. Okay, now let me just give you an example. Back in 2006, I was running for the United States Senate. I had a booth at a big parade. It was a 4th of July, you know, get together, and there was all sorts of patriotic stuff that was going on. And I was at this booth, and, you know, I was kind of trying to, you know, pass out my uh, my platform, which was the United States Constitution, and still is. And anyway, uh, people were coming by, picking up constitutions, and we were talking to them and all that kind of stuff. One guy says comes by, and he's a uh, probably a guy about my age now, but this was... Like you say, uh, not two decades ago, but almost. Anyway, he comes by, and, and, and I'm, I says, here, here's a copy of my platform. And he says, oh, the Constitution. I love the Constitution. And I said, well, great. Then then you'd probably be happy with uh, what I'd bring to the table and everything. He, uh, I says, so you're probably, now remember, this was 2006. So we got multiple wars going on at the, that, uh, that uh, what's his name, uh, George Bush started. And and I said, so so you'd feel pretty good about us not having to be engaged in all these military adventures? He said, oh, hell no. He says, no, 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 we've got to do that. I says, well, tell me how they conform no, to the Constitution. I know, I'm, I know you're, you're on this side, Sammy. I mean, you're a good guy, but this guy thought he was too. And, and he says, no, 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 we've got, to, we've got to have those wars. I says, well, how do they conform to the Constitution? And he says, well, the Congress never would have declared them. I says, well, that's what Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 says has got to happen. He says, but that doesn't matter. Congress never would have declared them. So the president had to take us to war. He says it had to be done. I says, well, no, you, you need to understand. You think it's a good idea to be there. I don't. But let's say we get 100 people's opinions. If we had 75 opinions, who's do you take? I says, it, it No, that's democracy if you just go by opinion. That's right. And so he, he's saying, no, 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 no. I says, okay, so let's take another, let's take another thing, health care. I says, how do you feel about health care? Oh, no, no. He said, the government, federal government shouldn't be involved now. In I said, but some other people have other opinions. I didn't give everybody so a big screen TV personally. Yeah, or maybe a cell phone. I'm just kidding. I, mean, I don't believe that Obama for a second. Thing, I'm, just, right? I'm demonstrating the absurd by being absurd. Let's go ahead and skip the break. Joe Wolverton highlights this about um talking about Vivek not being constitutionally qualified to be president. He says, this article is meant to clarify, not vilify. And boy, do I agree with him on that point. We're not bringing this up to d down Vivek. I think Vivek's great, personally. I think he's incredible. I think he's incredibly intelligent. I think he's spot on on the solutions. Uh, I, but I cannot endorse Vivek because he's not constitutionally qualified to be president. Now, listen to this from the article. There are many who have been taught to believe that simply being born in the United States makes one a natural-born citizen. That's not true. It doesn't make one a citizen. But look, the bottom line is there's prerequisites. And Vivek's dad uh, didn't have time to become a citizen before Vivek was born. And he Therefore, still isn't a citizen. Therefore, he still Vivek not a cannot be a natural-born citizen because his father wasn't a citizen. So see, that, that that's the nuance here. Is that it doesn't matter if you were born in America. You need, he needed to codify his citizenship before Vivek was born. And if that had happened, it would be a different discussion, right? Well, it would be. But, but this is, we're going back to the original intent and multiple legal not only Supreme Court type decisions, but also pronouncements by, you know, Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution, 
uh, talks about the Congress having power to, to deal with naturalization and so on and so forth. You cannot say that you're a natural-born citizen just by a naturalization law being passed. But anyway, all of these things have been set aside, set aside, and I've got probably a dozen at least of these examples that could be given momentarily if you wanted, but they've been set aside by the Plyler Veto case in, in uh, 1982, where in a footnote on this decision, they said, oh, no, no, if you're born here, you're a citizen. They didn't say natural-born citizen, so that's a nuance that that's people need to, to understand better, too. But now they've decided that being born here allows you to be president. No, it's only the country of your birth. And this guy named Vattel that, that wrote the, the uh, Law of Nations uh, that, that, uh, the, that the American Founding Fathers used to set up these rules, uh, Vattel said, no, that's, that's just the country of your birth, not your natural citizenship. And uh, these were clearly understood. I mean, it's kind of like, if, if Sam, if you came in to your kids and grandkids and said, who wants pizza? I mean, you don't have to define pizza. Everybody knows what pizza is. In the founding era, everybody knew what a natural-born citizen was. You didn't need to define it. But today, we have strayed so far, guys like Obama, I mean, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Kamala Harris, uh, Nikki Haley, none of them qualify under the original intent of the American founding fathers, not one of them. Well, and I will say it's very interesting that every one of these people that come to the country somehow get elevated in less than a generation to literally concentrate so much power. Look how abusive Joe Biden is. Just imagine somebody who had foreign loyalties. And I'm not suggesting that Vivek does. This is not a, of a vague discussion as much as it is, it is an intent of the Founding Fathers discussion. And they didn't want foreign allegiances. And they understood that so goes the father, so goes the children, um, oftentimes when it comes to loyalty. Um, and so it isn't a matter of we're attacking Vivek. I think Vivek's great. But the problem is, look, we don't write the rules. We just need to obey them. And the fact is, I cannot endorse Vivek because he's not constitutionally qualified. I love the guy. I think he's great. I'd love to have him on the radio and talk to him. And, and help. But I would like to help him learn if he doesn't already know. I don't know if he knows or not. But I don't think he's constitutionally qualified to be president because of the Constitution. Now, you can say, well, it doesn't say that in the Constitution. It just says natural-born citizen, and we can debate what that is. And Well, a lot of that comes from English law. It was so commonly understood uh, back in the day that they didn't feel the need to define it necessarily it'd be like we need to define pizza well maybe they should have but they didn't but we can clearly understand that look you're a citizen natural born when both your parents are citizens that is not the case for Vivek we don't know what the case for Barack Obama was see I personally think Barack Obama is a citizen I just think his father's a communist and they didn't want that to come out Frank Marshall Davis so uh, there's debates on all these things the problem is there's so many good, honest, moral people to run for office. Why do we need to go into this realm? Why are all of a sudden all these first-generation people who may have all these loyalties that are outside of, uh, of America first, why do we somehow catapult them to our leadership? I'd rather have people that are vetted. I'd rather have people that are true blue and considered solid as a rock. Why even take the chances? what I don't get. But we seem to just live on this edge, person after person after person considered aren't constitutionally qualified. It's almost like they're trying to destroy this intentionally. 
this provision by the founders, doctor? Almost. Here's uh, Thomas I, Jefferson. I say that politely to make the point. I know. Yes, I know. it's hardcore in your face. Destroy every facet of the Constitution possible, including, peop- uh, including uh, principles that many people don't even understand. Okay, this is not by accident. This is by relentless intent to destroy everything we hold dear and take us further and further and further from any semblance of um, appropriate delegation of authority, separation of powers, proper role of limited constitutional government based on the rule of law. Every move they make, even though you don't even realize it half the time, is designed to divorce us from everything we hold dear, doctor. It's not an accident. You're right. I was being polite. It's hardcore, in-your-face, intentionally done to your betrayal. Thomas How's that Jefferson. for a little more candid talk? Yeah, a little more direct. All Thomas right. Jefferson, in writing about <laughs> immigrants and their language and their principles and everything that they bring with them, this is just the last two sentences of a pretty magnificent statement that he wrote, but in the interest of time. This ought to capsulize it. He says, these principles, with their language, they will transmit to their children. In proportion to their numbers, they will share with us the legislation. They will infuse into it their spirit, warp and bias its directions, and render it a heterogeneous, incoherent, distracted mass. And that is exactly what is currently happening and will continue to happen. And I think that's part of the motivation for the six million that we know that have sneaked into the country uh, that we know of. And so there's millions more during the Biden administration. Now, now Trump screwed up hugely on this, too. You say, I oh, was building a fence. Well, by golly, there were probably four million that came in, three at least, that came in under his. During Every his watch, one right? of these is, a, is an invader. They are here illegally. They have no right nor justification. We give them a pass. We give them a ticket when they come in. That ticket can be used to get on an airplane that the U.S. government charters to fly them around. The Governor Abbott is putting them on buses to New York and and, uh, L.A. and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is these people are here illegally. Illegally. And they are not the people that are going to try and save the principles this nation was founded on. And it's like this guy that Sad I was telling you about that the, the, the was standing in my booth in 2006. Yeah, his idea, I mean, opinions are like noses. There's other anatomy parts that you can talk about. Everybody has one. Just because you have an opinion does not mean that it has to be upheld and held sacred. Just and like the majority of opinions doesn't make it right. That's a democracy-style viewpoint that we reject in America. That's why I go ballistic when they keep saying we're a democracy. These fundamental statements, oh, somebody can serve president if they want to because they're a citizen. Oh, they can vote because they're a citizen. Oh, we this and that. And it, all these nuances matter. We don't have a democracy. We have a constitutional republic based on checks and balances and the rule of law, a dual contract delegation of authority by we the people under God Almighty. Okay, you cannot divorce ourselves from these things one little word at a time because when you do, pretty soon you find out you're completely lost. You've got yeah, to stand have- with the clear framework of the founders. We have lost our way. And largely it's because we, the people, are at fault. I mean, we elect crappy leaders because we don't understand the baseline principles. It, we're, That's right. It, we're very often looking at this. I'll, I'll tell you another. I, I was campaigning. This was 
In 2010, I was running for the Senate. You'd say, wow, this guy's a three-time loser. I am. But uh, I was giving a speech at a university in an auditorium. But, but let me pause there. I don't mean to interrupt you. St- stay to your speech in the auditorium in just a second. You're a three-time loser, not, though, because I believe you would really lose it. People put some real money behind you, and the media wasn't the enemy to lie about you. I think your chances of getting elected would be very good. But the odds are stacked against anybody that stands with principle. A hundred percent to the point where, look, unless you get a groundswell, unless you get a chunk of money, unless the media cooperates, you really cannot get elected to some of these higher offices in America today. It is not possible unless you compromise somewhere big time to garner that favor to let you, you know, pass their blockades at every level. Uh, That's a reality check, isn't it? But it's true. It is. Absolutely. I I was approached by a consortium of very, very, very wealthy donors at one point. This was in 2012 in an attempt to get me to run. And I didn't do it. But uh, there was at least one billionaire in the group and multiple millionaires. They told me they would fund my efforts. Long story. Short end of it is I had to agree to a certain set of principles that they were promoting. I examined them. I said, if these things are carried to the nth degree, they will destroy the nation. We will lose our country. They said, you don't have to do them when you're in office. Just agree to them, and then you'll get the money, and we guarantee you'll be elected. I says, but how much better would I be than the people that are in there? Okay, that's that's kind of the, the short of that story. And you're absolutely right. You cannot be elected unless you compromise, and I was unwilling to. And I, I told them that someday I would stand before my maker, and I would, there would be the question of integrity, and I'd said I would rather have my integrity as I stood at that at that bar of justice. Anyway, and I was talking about the same thing's true on the radio. They said to me, "We'll make it you is. a rock star on the radio, Sam." Sure, uh, but you got to quit talking about God so much. Now, you know what? If God's out, I'm out. I just can't do it. So we're not attacking Vivek Ramaswamy, ladies and gentlemen. I want to be very clear about this. I like Vivek, and I think he's great. And I think there's plenty of ways, plenty of ways Vivek could support his country. Uh, in a meaningful way, that meaning his country being America, in so many ways you don't need to be president. That's not the singular way that you can make a difference. Uh, Steve King even last hour said, I think from not being in Congress, I'm probably having a bigger impact than when I was in Congress. That's really telling. Uh, And I I think that people have asked me to run for office over and over. And I say, no, 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 I'm not doing it because I believe that my role is on the radio. I believe I can, you know, do interviews and bring up questions, highlight constitutional principles uh, and and things to where I believe that I have a greater impact outside of being elected than I would even if I was elected. Well, I think that's true for Vivek, too. Uh, and, And I bring this up because I'm not ready to throw Vivek overboard by any means. Let's make this very clear. I think he's great. I think he has a place in America. I just don't think he's constitutionally qualified to be president, and I'm prepared to stand with the supreme law of the land, doctor. That's all. Well, that's great, and I, I'll also Can't endorse dispel, him. Wish I could, but I can't. I'll dispel some other images people may have. You're not going to be saved by a president. You are not that's going right. to be saved by a congressman or a senator or a governor. Our Savior is our Savior, but we need to apply the Savior's principles in order to be free. And... If we, the people, are not willing to stand at the baseline with those things, all the presidents in the world and all of the bozos and yo-yos you could elect, they can't destroy the nation if we don't put them in office. But we, the people, are, are 
are just not following up on our duty. But Yeah, and what people want to do is they want to compromise in an effort to gain ground. They're like, Sam, look, Vivek, I know he's not constitutionally qualified to serve you. Maybe right on that. But he's saying so much of the right things. Wouldn't you rather have him than, say, a Donald Trump or him than somebody else? And my response is I'm not willing to put the principles of the Constitution on the altar for sacrifice for a so-called greater cause. That's the mistake that's got us so far from where we belong in the first place. That attitude is the problem. The solution is fidelity to the supreme law of the land, not a betrayal and not a dismissal, but absolute fidelity, standing with the supreme law of the land, understanding the intent of the founders and carrying it forward in our day. Quick pause, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsizingsun.com, and yours truly in seconds on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. 60 Republican congressmen led by new House Speaker Mike Johnson take time to tour the southern border in Eagle Pass, Texas. From from California to Maryland, from Michigan to, to Florida, every state in America is now a border state. Meanwhile, the White House is piling blame on Republicans. Speaker Johnson continues with the House Republicans to make this a political issue. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters that Republicans rejected President Biden's supplemental funding request, but Republicans argue there also needs to be significant policy changes to slow down the flow of immigrants. Colorado's Democratic Secretary of State says she believes former President Trump is an insurrectionist while at the same time likely including his name on primary ballots in that state anyway. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold spoke out on Wednesday. At the same time, though, Colorado's deadline to finalize presidential primary ballots is Friday, and Griswold is not bound by a Colorado Supreme Court's earlier decision to keep Trump's name off the ballot, at least not yet. The issue is being resolved in the courts. Biden administration officials, including those at the U.S. State Department, say they don't know who was behind the attack inside Iran Wednesday that left 100 people dead. The Israel-Hamas war turning global continues to be a fear amongst those in D.C. Both inside Israel, uh, whether it be in the north or whether it be in the West Bank or outside of Israel uh, in other countries in the region. The death toll continues to rise in the wake of this week's large earthquake in Japan. There are now at least 73 people confirmed dead after the magnitude 7.5 quake shook western Japan on New Year's Day. Roughly 30,000 people have been forced to evacuate. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo Promo 
code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. At some point, you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all going to have regrets, but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine in the news. Uh, The governor, Mike DeWine, vetoed a bill banning child sex changes. DeWine announced the veto of the legislation. Uh, They call it House Bill 68, from what I understand. Despite its overwhelming support by the state legislative body on this thing, the bill not only banned child sex changes, but also the bill prohibited biological males from competing in women's sports, ladies and gentlemen. So the legislature put up the bill to try to stop these sex changes and this perversion going on. Overwhelming support in the legislative body. Mike DeWine shuts it down and vetoes it. Now they're working on overriding his veto. I pray they get it done. They supposedly have enough support. That's wonderful that they're pushing on this. Shame on Mike DeWine. Now, Donald Trump never misses a beat in terms of taking advantage of opportunity. Headline says Donald Trump blasted Ohio Governor Mike DeWine 
over this issue. Now, I appreciate Donald Trump holding the moral high ground on this and blasting DeWine. He's right. So I give credit. Trump's right. However, I've heard interviews with Donald Trump where he waffles on this same-sex stuff and on this transgender stuff and on this whatever. And the interviews that I've heard, it was with Bruce Jenner or whatever the guy's name is, who turned into a chick or he thinks he did and all those other lies. Um, and he kind of said, well, Bruce was fine at, uh, you know, uh, Mar-a-Lago and all that kind of stuff. And don't worry about Bruce. No big deal. And, and now Trump realizes it's a conservative hot button that he can take advantage of. But look, Trump has been for abortion. Trump has been for all these things before he's, you know, standing for pro-life. He's waffled on these issues. So I appreciate him telling the truth now, blasting Ohio Governor Mike DeWine on this. I just don't think either of them have the, uh, what's the term that I want to use? Neither of them have the um, consistency of morality in their character here. And that's really the problem. We're electing bozos everywhere, Dr. Bradley. Well, as I say, neither one of them have the moral high ground. I mean, I think they're both have been, I don't want to denigrate slugs or worms or snakes or anything like that because they all have their place in God's creation. But uh, but they're human beings that should know right from wrong. And uh, they have not been very mm, upstanding in a lot of different ways. I wonder how many abortions Donald Trump paid for as a young man when he says he was going through his Vietnam era, which was to avoid a sexually transmitted disease. What does that tell you, his promiscuity? I mean, what does it tell you about him? I mean, well, I, I don't want to completely destroy an image a man's been trying to create for himself, but there's enough evidence out there, people, to tell us that this guy does not stand on moral high ground. And on top of that, all of his, not maybe all of them, but a very high percentage of his appointees we're deep state people, CFR-type people. I mean, this idea that he's going to clean the deep state up is... Well, and, and think probably... about it. Donald Trump has ignored Steve for the last four years, too. That's pretty telling. Why would you ignore yeah. Steve King? It's it, There's all sorts of problems out there. I mean, and, and this... Well, let's just go back to to this bill that got vetoed. You know, it, the, I, I read the governor's statement on that, honestly. I, it says... We are not going to let government step in the place of loving, caring parents to make the decisions for their children. What Bravo Sierra is he standing for? I mean, stop for a minute. Think about this. He's saying, no, the state can't say we're going to protect from force, fraud, and debauchery. Okay, where does this fit? That's that's basically what government is. It's a constraining force against bad, okay? It's it's not a positive force to go out and create anything, really. It's to constrain against evil. And if government is to prevent force, fraud, and debauchery, is mutilating children debauchery? Well, Without 20 question, years ago... It's evil as all get out. It is. And 20 years ago, we went to war. I mean, that was one of the issues that was brought up about the Taliban, this horrid group that's in uh, these fundamentalist Muslims that are in that are in Afghanistan. Oh, those guys got to be tossed out on their ear and a lot of other worse things. But the fact of the matter is that the fundamentalist Muslims, and it happens in Africa a lot too and everywhere else, they do female genital mutilization. And we were up in arms about that. It's wrong. It's horrid. It's debauchery. And then you have a governor saying, oh, I'm going to take the, the position 
that we're not going to let big government interfere because parents know best for their killed their children. Bravo Sierra, if a mother wants to drown her kids because of postpartum depression or some you know some of these things you hear about in the news, it's wrong. It should be prevented. If you're going to mutilate your children with an irreversible thing, I mean, it's not just, well, the hormones are often, they do damage to the brain. They, they offset things. They may make you sterile. But this actual genital mutilization is absurd. And this governor is absolutely, he's a rock, rock star for debauchery. And, and uh, you know what? I, I, that when these bills passed, by the way, they passed through the, through the legislature with veto-proof numbers. You say, what's well, a foregone conclusion? They can they can fix this. They they passed them already at that level, but there's some reason to believe now that some of the people are going to fold on it, and and so they're not so sure they can keep a uh, a full veto proof kind of position and override his veto. I'd love to see it overridden, but it is absurd. And Donald Trump rightfully rightfully criticized him over this. But That's Donald right. Trump is, 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 I mean, goodness knows we've brought up things on this show that well, Donald Trump shouldn't be so proud of either. Amen know? to that. But we, again, we tell the truth, though, folks, and we don't mean to barbecue anybody. It's about principle, not about people. Okay? Um, it's really like Vivek Ramaswamy's not eligible to be president. Look, we want to clarify, not vilify. We want to be clear about this. Now, Nikki Haley follows Vivek and says, quote, now she will pardon Trump as president. So if you became president, Dr. Bradley, would you just pardon Donald? They say uh, no, that we got to do I, it to get past the problems and, and move along as a united country. But see, I think no, that's, a, that's a false argument. No, no. I, here's, I mean, let's go back to something in history. <laughs> you know me. I always look back so I can go forward. Well, that's exactly what Gerald Ford said he was doing when he gave this blanket pardon to Richard Nixon after he got on the airplane and went out to California. I mean, this was all, the skids were greased on this thing from the beginning. Gerald Ford, we could go into his history, his progressive history, and what he did, why he got chosen to be the president, why he got such blanket support to become vice president before he became president, all that kind of stuff. But but Nikki Haley's another one that's not qualified constitutionally to be on the ballot. She's that's got right. the same problem that the Vivek has, and the same problem that uh, I mean Kamala Harris has. I mean the same problem that Ted Cruz has. I mean we could Rubio. go across it goes the board. On and on and on. How do you all bet. these leaders? How do all these people just become uh, somehow first generation Americans? And man, you and I struggle and struggle. They just all of a sudden get rich and ha- find themselves at the top of leadership in America. You've got several Indian people in these positions right now, and you kind of go, what the heck is happening? Um, I'm not trying to say that Vivek or anybody else is trying to take over the country. I'm not, I'm not bringing it down to the personal level. But I am saying it's shocking to me that all these people with foreign interest possible ties seem to find themselves with plenty of money and at the top of the uh, leadership the of the country. Pull. How does this happen? <laughs> is it by accident? And I would tell you that I don't believe so. Yeah, I, there's, there's, uh, there's a hand or a movement behind the throne that that uh that pulls these things and and sometimes i think we need to okay okay here let me just make a, a statement we might not know the movement that's causing this to happen but we can know the principles 
And so it's like to me where, where people say, oh, we ought to we ought to carefully watch. OK, let's use the Federal Election Commission rules about donations and, and donations to candidates. And, and, uh, and that horribly constrained me when I run for office. And we could talk about the well, FEC that's what rules. I mean by all the gatekeeping to prevent you. You're a three-time loser, but it's because of all these different protections that these private entities, these parties, uh, have put in place to literally create stumbling blocks for everybody except for those who they want to go forward. This is all by design, and that's why the Founding Fathers warned us against partisan politics and parties in the first place. But, but here's the deal. You know what? Somebody may take big money from somebody, and you may say, I disagree with that. I'm voting against them for that. That's your prerogative. But I would use an even more baseline principle to, to, to go, get back to how to judge. Somebody may take a bazillion dollars and do the right thing. They might do the right thing every single time. If somebody was supporting James Madison for Congress, I mean, here's the father of the Constitution that stood for it all the time, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to vote for James Madison no matter where the money came from, because he did not let it take him from principle. But if, in fact, we can look at the voting record and see how they violated their oath of office, that's my criteria for how I vote, not where the money came from. All right, go ahead and skip the break. Let's go ahead and skip the break. And and that's the problem, see. Where does the federal government get authority to decide? Uh, Look, elections are local and on the state level. Where does the federal government get the authority to decide about money? Because what they've done is they've just created a, a blockade for you and I and a special pass for the privileged and the high-level connected. Uh, they've got these these dark money packs that put money in and you can't trace any of it. But you and I are locked down. And if we pay a penny more than we're supposed to, we're going to jail and everything else. This is all manipulated to reward those who they want to keep in power and deny anybody else entrance. Let's talk about those big packs for just a second. And, and yeah, they're... They're a huge challenge, and and you and I don't have access to that. I don't have access to any money, for crying out loud. But the fact of the matter is, what has happened is they've written these big Federal Elections Commission laws, and and all sorts of – they really are – They've written a, unconstitutional uh, Federal Election right. Commission laws. Let's be clear. But what they've written is a uh, is a incumbent protection act is what they've done. But but they put all these roadblocks for a, a little insignificant pipsqueak like me to come along and, and get elected. But they've what's happened with those election laws, there have been created methodologies by which the big money can circumvent those things and come in with big, as you call it, dark money on these packs that cannot be tracked, cannot be um, uh, controlled, and they say, okay, so what they've done is if, if somebody created a law, somebody else creates a, a way around it. And that's what they've done. But th- this was done by design, I believe, so that these big packs can continue, like the pharma companies, for example. Huge, huge, huge donations, like the Israeli um, lobby. Huge, huge, huge donations. They buy their influence in this, uh, the House and the Senate and the presidency and everything. You, you look at anything that's coming up right now, whether it was the COVID uh, nonsense that was going on. and the, the, I mean, your media people were bought out. Look who's, look who's uh, paying for the, the airtime for these uh, shows brought to you by Pfizer. You know, I mean, how many times do we have that told to us? The fact of the matter is that they're using their purchasing power to buy influence. Again, what we need to do is we may make, need to make our decisions 
as we the people based upon the principles that are being either upheld or violated. And if we do that, all the money in the world, that money will dry up if we keep kicking out of office the people that vote against correct principle. So if Pfizer gave a bazillion dollars or, or uh, somehow uh, some big uh, PAC gave a bazillion dollars and that didn't pay off, you know, they gave it to some senator or some congressman or some president to get elected and they didn't get a return on their investment, they're going to stop giving the money. It will dry up naturally. But we, the people, hold the control of that. We can stop their purse strings from buying their power if we will. But the, we, the people, have got to stop looking at government as a goodie box. I started a little and while ago. And we've got to stop looking at government, too, as this thing that's just kind of morphs and it's anything you say goes or it's, you know, I believe in this or that. No, look, there's rules. There's principles. There's baseline fundamental supreme law discussions to be had this isn't just a random i do what i want or say what i want or think what i want or believe what i want and hey the ends justify the means that's kind of why i say when vivek says that he wants to get rid of 75 percent of the government a lot of people are cheering and i cheer that general point but i want to be very careful when we talk about reducing the size and scope of government what they're likely to do enemies of america they're likely to shut down all the legitimate proper role of government functions and make you and I and our lives hell. And then all the stuff that's unconstitutional, they'll leave rolling. Okay, if you're not very careful. So we need to literally start, as Vivek Ramaswamy says, with a zero-based budget here. And we need to pass single-issue bills one at a time in the House. That's where the money and purse strings are controlled. And we need to simply say, is this constitutional? Can we afford it? And is it necessary? In other words, is it necessary for the proper role of government? And if we can say yes, then fine. Let her roll. Otherwise, we shouldn't be contemplating it. Now, if you say, Sam, this is a no-go, but we can't crash the plane. we got to fund it temporarily to wind it down, or we got to somehow have an out strategy. I support some of that, as long as there's really an, an end game in sight or, a, or a, a clear ending of a given program. I'm for keeping promises and not crashing the plane. So we've got to be really clear about these things, and it's not this willy-nilly, whatever I think goes plan, hey, let's just shut down all the government. I'm not for that. Now, I am for getting rid of 75% of the government because I believe 75% of it's unconstitutional. But let's make sure that we're really applying the right metrics to the discussion. We're going to get rid of all unconstitutional government agencies. Now we're talking. But we're going to get rid of 75% of the government. I don't know if I support that because it depends on what we're talking about. House Speaker Mike Johnson says this quote, and I want to end on this uh, kind of topic, Dr. Bradley, because I think it directly relates. Mike Johnson says this. It's all coordinated, and it's all preplanned. Now think about that as a statement from the Speaker of the House in America today. Well, that's simply the way government has been run. I mean, for so many generations now, I mean, really, if it happens in government, it was planned. It wasn't happenstantial. It wasn't like, oh, my golly, we just had 9-11. No, there's a lot more behind these things than you can imagine. Oh, my golly, JFK just got killed. Oh, by golly, we just had the this uh, 2008 economic meltdown. Everything's planned out. It really is. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but but that's the problem is we've got nefarious people doing this kind of stuff. And, and by the way, Steve, uh, on the in the last hour, talked about how the Iowa Senate had been told 
you will not bring anything forth through this body that embarrasses the money that's behind this CO2 plan and the governor, okay, who supports the plan, okay? The, the people have greased the skids. Sam, this happens in Utah all the time. I mean, it's our home state. You look at little Podunk, Nevada, or look at, no, eh, they got a lot of mob money there. Let's look at Idaho. Everywhere you look, this is the way it, the skids are greased by the powers that be. And we, the people, again, it comes back to judging, judging what they do, not what they say. I mean, there's a big convention going on this weekend that, uh, that's got a whole bunch of political guys that are going to come there and they're going to tell what great guys there are and how they're going for smaller government and how you know how to get at the bottom line is reelect me. Okay, that's the bottom line. It's a campaign speech. But the fact of the matter is you look at them and you go, holy cow, holy cow, this guy has got a constitutionally sound record of 60%. A third of the time, he's cheating on his wife, let's just say, for, for using that uh, analogy. He's cheating on us on his oath of office. And it's okay because, man, he's a 60%er. <laughs> if we were all 60%ers, we would be so much better off. No, we wouldn't. The problem is we keep allowing these people to come back to office. And we keep going to hear these feel-good talks where nobody does anything. You know, th there's a sign in front of me all the time when we're on the air, when I'm sitting at my desk, when I'm doing anything, when I'm doing webinars. It's a statement by George Washington. There is but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. And that's what's got to start happening with the American electorate. We can't keep saying, oh, man, change I can believe in. What the heck does that mean? I mean, come on, people. We need to start understanding. Make America we, great. Well, folks, we the only way you're going to make America yeah, great yeah, yeah. unless you become a religious and a moral people. Okay, unless right. we the people become religious and moral, you will not make America great. I'm telling you right now, it is against uh, the uh, guidelines God has set forth. Okay, you can't make America great without it, doctor. You got to have a good, honest, moral people, or you will not succeed. It is not debatable. That's exactly the problem. And my wife and I talk about this often, and she says, often, this Constitution's not working. And I say, yeah, it's because we're not a religious and a moral people. And she well, says, if you're well, looking at every way to circumvent it and violate it and destroy it and trample on it and everything else, that's where you spend your time for filthy lucre, then of course we've got those problems. But see, sure people are too tied up in things that, that don't matter, and they're not focused on things that do matter, right? I mean, think about abortion to make the point. At the federal level, we said, hey, no abortions. It's not a federal government thing. It's a state thing. Now they're performing more abortions under the states than they were under the federal plan. Absolutely. Because they're shipping abortion pills all across the country, across state lines, even into states that say that it's illegal and everything else. And the problem is the, the FDA, unconstitutional agency, and all kinds of government agencies are saying, oh, we rule that it's fine. What do you mean you rule that it's fine? How do you rule? You're not even a judge. You're not even a court. You're not even a, okay, you're not the legislative body that puts forward the laws. See, and Congress does nothing and everybody does nothing. And then, but, but the bottom line is murder is ratcheting up all the way to nine weeks, or I'm sorry, all the way to birth uh, in many well, states now. And you're just seeing, so the immorality of the people is absolutely shocking and on display with this discussion. Okay, I, I fully agree that the general government should not have hands in, the, in this because it is not a delegated authority. 
That's right. And then you say, yeah, but it went to the states, and look what they're what a mess they're making. Yeah, I fully support that too, and I'll tell you why. Because ultimately and finally, the states will be held accountable by God Almighty. Yes, they will. And we are going to get our accounting. And and I'm here to tell you that I'm kind of. I mean, I don't. I don't want to say that I'm a fatalist or anything like this. But if the 50 republics stood tall, we could be a moral and a religious people on this issue, but it's proving that we're not. See, remember the the story, the biblical story about Abraham arguing with those uh, heavenly messengers that that went into Sodom and Gomorrah, and he says, wait, 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 don't just destroy them. There may be 50 good people there and 40 and 30. Remember the discussion, right? Can you come up with 10? Yeah, okay, we'll save it if there's 10. They couldn't. They couldn't come up with 10 noble souls. Okay, sooner or later, this country, each of the states, is going to be accounted for. God will not be mocked. And the fact of the matter is, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that God's a lot more patient than me because it would have been a long time ago. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, there will come an accounting. And, and if, in fact... The calibration that happens, happens at a state level or whatever, f- fine. So so what we're doing is is we are ripening in iniquity is what it boils down to as a people. That's a sad scenario. And, and God will not be mocked ultimately and finally when we have reached a tipping point, and I don't know exactly where that is, but nations fall. I mean, you look at whether it's Egypt or Rome or Babylonian yeah, or it's, it's, it's Cyrus's thing. Yeah, any you look at this, the British Empire, any time you look at an empire, they are vulnerable to falling. And what we want to do is we want to be immoral but pretend we can be saved. We want to somehow, yep. uh, you know, pretend that's a reality or a possibility. It is not. Okay, so nope. the states taking responsibility for this, it just gives us 50 different chances to stand tall for pro-life. We're not doing it. There's very few states that are, and more murder, more abortion is happening as a result of all this. So we had a chance to save it, to protect it, to turn it back to the way it was supposed to be, and we're failing at that in all 50 states. Some are better than others, but I don't see a single state taking this serious enough, in my opinion. If they're shipping abortion pills across the border and stuff like that, we need accountability for those kind of things. Shipping murder pills to women. Now women who aren't even pregnant are asking for pills just in case. See, in a way, every state is being a DeWine. They're turning That's it right. on its head, and they're saying, oh, no, we can't interfere with this. And, and yes, you can. And it's kind you of can, like Utah's. And you're obligated to, based on the rule of law and God's law. And you better stand taller. We're going to lose this republic. We're going to have a trouble in our land, folks. I'm predicting it. I don't want it. I know the solution to prevent it. I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that it does not happen. But I'm telling you right now, you cannot continue to be immoral as a people and expect us to be okay. It will not happen. Our prayers are that we can come to our senses and turn to God Almighty. He promises us that he will protect us and heal our land. That's a biblical promise from God Almighty himself, the author of our liberty. Let's take advantage of it while we can. For Dr. Scott Bradley, FreedomsRisingSun.com and Sam Bushman, LovingLiberty.net, God save the republic.